Hello, everybody. This is Legal Man. Welcome to the show. It's going to be a good episode. I'm going to talk about the fundamental conflicts of interest which make the system unworkable that people never discuss and never hear about. And for people who don't know me, I'm a lawyer, practiced for 30 years, I've seen every kind of scam there is, and I'm America's most trusted lawyer because I tell people the truth. And I'm America's most beloved lawyer because I'm such an incredibly nice guy. <laughs> All right, enough fooling around. Let's go ahead and start the show. So I want to make a show about some basics since I get so much abuse about how we got to have an answer. You don't have an answer. You're just negative. You're just negative. All you do is point out what's wrong. You don't ever give us a solution. <laughs> I do give people solutions. Okay, I do. They don't like them. What people really mean when they say, what's the solution? What they're really asking for is, who should I vote for? That's really all they mean. The solutions that exist all have to occur outside of the system. And they don't want to hear that, see, because they believe that this is the greatest, most fantastic system ever developed. Why? Because they've been told that since they were born. And they look around and they see, well, we're doing pretty well as a country compared to other places. And so then they assume that that has something to do with the government. But it really doesn't. Uh, it has almost nothing to do with the government. It has to do with the fact that the country expanded out by killing people, stealing their shit, and then putting them into little tiny what we call reservations as we just moved west. That only occurred about 150 years ago. And so there was no government at all functioning out there in the vast majority of what they called the country at that time. And there was no one here because we killed most of the natives, and a lot of them just simply died from all the infected blankets and everything else we gave them, and we crushed them down into a little area, and that's it. And so it took quite a while just to kind of start filling up the place, and then to kind of get governments in place, and then to kind of have government start abusing people and growing. And if you once you take it in those sort of angle and you realize, well, that's really the perspective it needs to be judged by, this is probably one of the least effective governments for protecting freedoms that exist in the entire world, maybe in the history of the world. Because the amount of freedoms that have been lost and constricted, and the amount of growth that the government's undertaken in that very brief amount of time is staggering. See, these places in Europe and Asia, they already had people. They'd been living there for a long time. They already had the abuse of government that it was around. But in this so-called country, this landmass area that they became the, quote, country, even up until about 120 years ago, there was really nothing out there. There was just huge swaths of emptiness, and the cities didn't start filling up. And so these governments haven't had that long a time to develop all of the systems. Anywhere you go where the government's old, it's been around for a long time, the bureaucracy always just grows and grows and grows, and the people get less and less free. And that's why it's just so silly to, for the way people think about government makes no sense, because there is no place where government has actually gotten smaller or where the people People have voted themselves into more and more freedoms. That doesn't exist anywhere. And the fact that none of these things exist in real life doesn't affect the people because, for the most part, the people live in a land that's very similar to magical thinking that children engage in. And there's a point where people's brains stop magically thinking and they go into this kind of self-induced magical thinking where they just believe this endless load of propaganda that they're fed. 
But if you just look, if you're objectively looking and you say, okay, maybe the government's really been around to kind of grow for maybe 100, 120 years. Well, look at it. It's the biggest government the world's ever seen. <laughs> How the hell does the system work to keep anything limited? It doesn't limit anything. It's, it's idiotic. They're spending trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars. Think how silly that is. I look at something like that and I say, the government system completely blows that we have. And this voting system, this tyranny of the majority is insanity. Who in the world would agree that if you get one more vote out of an entire millions and millions and millions of votes, that therefore that number of people is entitled to impose whatever they care on the slightly teeny tiny amount smaller group. <laughs> it's, it's idiotic, especially when the government itself holds the reins of what the vote is and how it engages and who's allowed to vote and all this other stupid crap. It makes no sense at all. See, if you just examine the kinds of fundamental things we're told as Americans that make the system so fantastic that everybody gets a vote, well, how does that make sense? How does everybody getting a vote make sense? See, if everybody should be entitled to vote, well, then in a criminal trial, the defendant should be able to vote as well on his own guilt or innocence. Shouldn't he? Right? I mean, I don't, if everybody's entitled to a vote, <laughs> right? See, the problem is that there's conflicts of interest, fundamental conflicts of interest, and they're all in favor of government. See, government is entitled to have all these massive, absurd, outrageous conflicts of interest that nobody would accept in any other format of their life. Would you allow, if you're heading a divorce, would you allow your wife, your soon-to-be ex-wife, to sit as the judge and divide the property up? Would you? <laughs> Why not? Oh, oh, because she's got an interest in it. Yes, exactly. And this is the same problem with every aspect of government. These are government agents making all these decisions about what government should and can do. That can never work. See, that can never, ever, ever work. And it's not a solution to say, well, we get to vote them out. Well, all you do is get to vote another person in who also has a conflict. <laughs> is, that, is that okay? It doesn't make any sense. See? These things, they don't make any sense if you just look at them fundamentally. And the people, when I confront them with things like this, for the most part, they just kind of shut down because they act like I've got it wrong, that I need to propose some full-fledged system that's going to replace this insanity as though we need a system. See, that's the underlying assumption built in there, that we need a system that represents hundreds of millions of fucking people. You don't need a system like that. It needs to be way smaller. But if you're going to have this ridiculous, crazy system, if you just look at this idea of, quote, universal suffrage being some fantastic right, it is insane. If the government has the authority to take money from people and not just evenly, like a head tax where you just pay 100 bucks, everybody has to pay 100 bucks. Okay, well, if everybody pays 100 bucks, well, then everybody can vote. Because everybody's going to pay 100 bucks. But the way the system is and the size of the government with state governments, local governments, national governments, all these people who are family members of people who are in government, they all get to vote. So all these government employees and all of their family members all get to vote. Well, they all have a direct conflict of interest. Every single one of them has a conflict of interest. You want to work for the government in any form or fashion, that's fine, but you can't vote. You can't vote. You don't only get a right to vote. And it doesn't matter what governmental level you're at because you're a net drain on the system and you're in no way can you be trusted to not have a direct conflict of interest. And if you work for a company who takes government contracts, well, then you can't vote. 
<laughs> you can't vote. If you hold stock in a company that gets government contracts, then you can't vote. Okay, how about that? <laughs> you, see, you see where this goes? If you get government funding, then you can't vote. If you take government loans, you can't vote. <laughs> how many people do you think would be left to vote? All right, see, virtually nobody. And you know, some people, they have these, these conflicts of interest, but they're small compared to the amounts of abuse they can also dish out through using government. And that's why all of these kinds of things, if you strip them out and you just look at it, you say, well, why would anybody who works for government ever be entitled to vote? Why? Why are they entitled to vote? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. See, they're voting for their own jobs. They're voting for their own pay and benefits. And if you look at the insane amounts of money that's pouring in to these people, go look up a pension list in your, in your state. They all have these lists of people getting pensions and everything else. And these government pensions are preposterous. You basically have somebody who works for the government. You know when you go in, you're going to work for 20, 25 years, and then you're going to get some ridiculously cush benefit, health benefits and a pension, cost of living increases. You're going to make more, in effect, uh, each year during your pension than you did when you worked within just a few years with all the cost of living increases. These people are being paid hundreds of thousands of dollars. So many people being paid 50, 75, 100, 200, 300,000 dollars in these pensions, these pensions that just run on and on and on. And what does that actually mean? It means that someone comes in, they work for government. Do they produce anything? No, they don't produce anything. They're a net drain while they're actually an employee. They're there to basically abuse citizens under the guise that they're there to help. But they steal the money from the small group of people that are in the country who are actually productive, and they take it and they spend it on government shit. So you have all these useless government employees, and of course, the government's there to, to make more and more work for government employees. In other words, they hire more and more people. They do it as inefficiently as possible because there's nobody there to check them. Nobody at all. Once you're hired in, you're going to work for 20, 25 years. What do you do? After a few years, 8, 10, 12 years, well, all you're doing is trying to bide time until your pension's up. What kind of product do you think you'll get out of that person? Think you'll get any production? <laughs> you think you're going to get anything? They can't be fired. They have all these ridiculous uh, protections. All this stuff is totally made up. See, all of this stuff is completely made up by the government and courts, which is just the government. Have the people actually agreed to any of this? <laughs> no, they haven't agreed to it because you don't get a chance to agree to it because only the government stands in judgment of whether or not the government can do it. Every single aspect of the law is like that. So all this belief that the law does all these things and protects all these things, anybody can look around and see it's not happening. Why would we have a system where anybody that works for government could ever vote? I don't understand why people are okay with this. Think about something like teachers' unions that have this huge amount of authority and power, right? Because they have all this, this money that comes in, they just simply give it to the Democrats. The very idea of a government position being able to unionize makes no sense because the entire purpose of a union is so that the people in the union have rights against a company that's abusing them and not obeying the law and is abusing them under the law. Well, if the government is abusing its own employees, quote, under the law, there's nothing that you can do as a union to stop that because you can just change the law. <laughs> and so government unions aren't really about protecting workers. They're about protecting government positions. They're about protecting government itself. So it's like a triple, quadruple conflict of interest. But do the people uh, care about that? No. Does anybody say anything about it? No. Well, why do they exist? They exist because government allows it. 
See, the fundamental basis of the country can't work. The governmental system can never work. It can never limit the government. It's not about getting the right people in there. It's not about getting back to the Constitution. If the government stands in judgment of whether the government can do something and what the government law that the government wrote says, then it can never be limited because it's a direct conflict of interest. Tax cases are a great example of that. You can't even raise most actual tax defenses that are legitimate tax defenses. They just simply call them frivolous. They call them frivolous. <laughs> and if you file and you make the objection, then the judge doesn't even actually even read the objection, doesn't care. He just automatically assesses penalties and you just start getting fined as a lawyer and as a pro se litigant. You're just screwed. The government won't consider the arguments. That's all. And so when the government sits in judgment of the government, you can never win. And if the only solution is voting, then the only people who should be voting are people who have no connection to government except that they are being held at gunpoint and being made to give the government money. Anybody else who's getting money from the government shouldn't be able to vote. Well, Social Security I put in. Well, Social Security is unconstitutional. It's unconstitutional. And it's not what it says. It's not a benefit program. It's not an insurance program. The money's all gone. There is no money in Social Security. They absconded with it. If this was a private business, everybody who was in charge of the Social Security so-called trust fund would all be in prison. Hi, it's Legal Man. I hope you're enjoying the show. If you appreciate the unique insight and information I provide, then go over to my Patreon account for The Quash and become a member. I have bonus shows and material, early access, and it's a good place to meet like-minded people. I have people ask me all the time, what can we do, Legal Man? <laughs> Well, start by voting with your pocketbook. It's the only vote that really counts. Support things that tell people the truth. Getting people to understand the truth is the only solution we have to this insanity. Look, I get it. There are a lot of people who can't afford to support my show with money. But there are a lot of people who can. And if you can and you like the show, you should support it. That's what free markets look like. The people running this scam, they have unlimited funding. I don't have support of that system. In fact, I get harassed because I tell people the truth that they don't want the people to know. So we have to stick together. So go sign up. Now let's get back to the show. If this was a private business, everybody who was in charge of the Social Security so-called trust fund would all be in prison. They'd all be in prison because they, no private business can operate the way the government does, which is to simply drain out all these funds that are supposed to be set-asides to pay all these things. That's the nature of unfunded liabilities. You can't run all these unfunded liability benefits programs at, at private companies. You have to fund the benefits. <laughs> it's, but the company can go out of business at any time. And so what the government actually does with things like Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid, they call them insurance and all that. They're not insurance. Insurance companies have set-asides. They have money set aside and they have it invested and they have all these different rules and restrictions. And it has to be careful with the money because when they get drawdowns, they need to have the money there. Well, the government doesn't have any. What they do is simply put you more into debt. Think of the absurdity of the idea that when you turn 18, you become liable for hundreds of trillions of dollars in unfunded liability that the government's run up. Trillions and trillions, tens of trillions of dollars in operating debt the government's run up. That you had absolutely not even a theoretical right, not even a theoretical say in any way in whether or not they incurred that. You can't even incur your own debt during that period of time. But you somehow become responsible and liable for all this debt that you had no say in. <laughs> it's, it's idiotic. See, none of this stuff actually makes 
any sense at all if you just look at it objectively. But the people don't have anybody on their side. They're taught lies from birth to death. And every single side of the narrative out there is a lie. It simply avoids all the fundamental questions and just tells you that the system is fantastic and makes amazing amounts of sense. Why would we agree to a majority vote? How does that make any sense? Why don't we require just 80 or 90 percent agreement? If that's all you did, pretty much all of the problems we have would go away. Because if you can get 85, say, percent agreement in order to be elected, and then as a quorum, and then anybody in Congress who's voting, if it required an 85 to 90 percent vote, there really would hardly be any disagreement in the country about what was going on. There'd be almost no division. Because that's a huge, overwhelming number. Yes, I'm not saying it's a perfectly fair system. I'm saying it's a practical matter. You want to institute things that fix things? Stop this nonsense of a government-run vote. You have an independently-run vote. And you require, uh, say, 90% of the people have to vote in favor of the candidate. And if you don't get a candidate, if you don't get a candidate, okay, well, then you don't get a candidate. And then require 90% for a quorum up in Congress. And then require that Congress have to vote 90% in favor of any bill it passes. See, that would be overwhelming support. There'd be virtually nobody disagreeing with whatever was being passed. And the reality is almost nothing would be passed, (laughs) which is great because the government really needs to be limited down to doing almost nothing. It only needs to do the bare minimum that people can agree to. But as soon as you create this fantasy of a majority, a simple majority to get in, which is not even a simple majority since most people don't even vote, and the government itself is in charge of saying whether or not someone's entitled to vote. They supposedly take people's right away. You lose it by violating some government rule. How could anything make less sense than that? How can there be a greater conflict of interest than that the very fundamental way you're told you have to control the government, the government itself can take away from you by simply making up a law and saying you violated it in its own systems, and now you don't have any right to control the government, but the government still is in charge of you. How could anything ever make less sense than that? <laughs> but people accept it all the time. They, they actually imagine it and it makes sense. Well, you lost your right. Oh, it's, a, it's a privilege. It's a privilege. It's a right. It's a pri- which is it? Is a right? Is a fucking privilege? What, what is it? <laughs> Regardless of what it is, the government's in charge. So many people aren't even allowed to vote, but they still get taxed, right? Representation? Oh, no, you don't get any representation. What about taxation without representation? Oh, oh, that's out the window now. What we're told is a fundamental principle. See, everything's a fundamental principle. It makes no sense when you just examine it. That's all. If you just examine it, it makes no sense. And nobody discusses these simple issues. And what happens instead is people go through these so-called civics classes that are just government propaganda. And then you have the media system and all of the so-called educational systems. They all work together. See, it's all about a gigantic system of control. And the government itself gives, quote, money to education. That's absurd. It gives, quote, tax breaks to all these businesses. In other words, it singles out people it prefers and wants to help and either hands them money or forgives taxes. (laughs) And then it just has those people, not surprisingly, working on its side to continue a system that they all benefit from. Just, Just massive, absurd conflicts of interest. And all these things, they're not like something that nobody can figure out. Once I tell somebody that, they should be able to see it. And then they can see, my God, the system is completely idiotic. 
It's utterly idiotic. And the idea that any of these people in the military or work for government or work or, or have a husband who works for or a wife who works for government or who are the kids receiving money while they're in school from their parents who work for government, none of those people should be able to vote. None of them. And the reality is it'd be like me and maybe some of the people who listen to my show. That's it. There's the only people who'd be voting. <laughs> how would we vote? We know how we'd vote and there'd be no problems. And see, all of these things are the result of what is a very fundamental conflict of interest that people are never, ever exposed to. They're never discussed in media. They just act as though the problem is this red versus blue made up load of shit when the real problem is a conflict of interest. And in a conflict of interest like exists with government and all these kind of things I've said, if me as a private lawyer had a conflict of interest that was even 10% as bad as the kinds of conflicts of interest I've discussed here, I would lose my law license if I didn't disclose it and get it waived in writing by a client. I lose my law license. Can't operate with a conflict of interest like this. It's idiotic. There's just no way to expect fair treatment. And that's why the judicial system can never, ever produce justice because the, the judge is sitting there. He works for government. <laughs> he works for government. The, the prosecutor is government. The police are government. All the government witnesses come forward. All the labs are run by government. The laws are written by government. The judge whose government tells you who can be on the jury. It gives the instruction. All goes down the list. Every one of these things is an absurd conflict of interest. It's laughable, absurd, outrageous conflict of interest at every level. So it's voting to the judicial system, to the legislative system, to the money handing out. Every piece of it is completely and totally fatally flawed with a conflict of interest. And yet you tell people this, oh, it's still the best system, what should we do? As though we need to replace a system like this. If you get cancer, do you say, well, what are we going to replace it with if we cut it out, doc? <laughs> it doesn't make sense. If you have something that's a problem, you get rid of it. That's what the founders did. They didn't have some grand plan. People weren't fighting in the Revolutionary War to create the Constitution. That's not what they were doing. They were fighting to throw off the tyranny. Well, that's all we need to do. We need to get rid of the tyranny, and then we'll make a plan from there. I've given you all sorts of ideas here of ways that it can work. Right? So don't ever tell me that. Oh, you never give me any solutions. What are you fucking solutions? I've given you solutions. I've given them to you. Well, oh, we can't get that done. That can never happen. Okay, well, there you go. So it can't ever happen. So you just keep sticking with your tyranny because that's what you love. Okay, all right. Doesn't mean there's not a solution. It means you can't implement it. And that's why I make the show. That's why people need to support my show because I give a solution. The solution is that people need to understand the actual problem. They need to understand how fundamental the problems are and that the answers don't lie in stupid-ass Article 5 conventions and anything else that has to do with voting or the Constitution. It's a fundamentally flawed concept, and it's never going to work. That's all. That's all there is to it. So if you want a real solution, then listen to my show. Share my show. Become a fucking member of Patreon. <laughs> Become a member. <laughs> Support it. Be a benefactor. Allow other people to hear it. Don't say, I'm not doing anything. I'm sitting here making a show, a couple shows every week. More than that, because I go into Patreon. I do my part. You do your part. You do your part, but don't tell me that I'm not doing it and I don't offer solutions. And don't tell me about voting, because it's shit. The system is shit. It will never, ever work. Oh, my God, people. So, all right, look. If you want to follow me, I'm Legal Man at U.S. Law Review on Twitter. And I'm still there. I... I tweet out. I don't respond as much, but I'm still there. Uh, at least they haven't taken me off. And share my show. And like I said, join my Patreon. It'd be all, all this shit about how Patreon sucks. Okay, Patreon sucks. I'm trying to work on a solution. It's not that simple. It's not that simple. 
But I want to thank the people who actually step up and put their money where their mouth is and vote with their pocketbook and support me. I really want to thank you. That's, it's, 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 it means a lot to know that there's people who are actually behind me and understand that we have to get other people to see this problem. So, all right, that's it for today. I'm going to wrap it up. Hope everybody has a nice night or day wherever you are. Take care. Take care.